Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 8 of Nebraska Soccer Talk. I'm your host, Joe Cleary. What a difference two weeks makes. I don't want to jinx anything, but spring certainly feels in the air. Creighton and UNO men's soccer played outside this weekend on a beautiful, sunny, 55-degree day. And Nebraska high school soccer is back with tryouts this week. On this episode, I bring you a full recap of the Dodge Street Derby game, along with other scores and schedules from the world of college soccer, some exciting news out of the boys' side of Nebraska club soccer, and a couple college commitments. Please remember to rate, review, share, and subscribe. If you have the means, please consider supporting our podcast and website financially. We are open to sponsorships right now, and we are also looking to set up a Patreon account that will provide listeners and supporters an opportunity to support us and possibly get some cool incentives themselves. Please keep on a lookout for that. start this week off with some exciting news from the boys side of Nebraska club soccer. I wrote an article about this a few days ago, but I also wanted to talk about it on the podcast. Sporting Omaha FC and Gretna Elite Academy have joined the boys ECNL. Most soccer fans will be familiar with the ECNL as they are the most prominent league for high-level girls soccer players in our country. In the past few years, the boys ECNL was founded and has been slowly building their platform. That platform now includes Nebraska. Both Sporting Omaha FC and Gretna Elite Academy will be a part of the new Boys ECNL Heartland Conference in the upcoming club season. They will be joined by teams from around the region, including teams out of Kansas, Iowa, Illinois, and Missouri. The Boys ECNL is one of the top two boys soccer leagues in the USA, along with MLS Next. SOFC and GEA have been waiting for this news, and this now gives boys players in Nebraska an opportunity to play at a top level of competition, as well as receive more top-level exposure. The ECNL uh, move for Gretna Elite Academy when they were Elite Girls Academy was absolutely massive for their players in terms of exposure and next-level competition. So I expect something similar to happen with SOFC and GEA moving into boys' ECNL. So I can't wait to see what this does for the boys' game in the metro area, but also in the state. In news about a school that is very near and dear to my heart, Wayne State College has hired their next head coach. Coach Emily Hester will become the 10th head coach in WSC program history, taking over for yours truly. Coach Hester comes to Wayne State after spending three years as head coach at Shepherd University, which is a Division II school out in West Virginia. Prior to Shepherd, Coach Hester served as a Division I assistant coach at Southern Utah and Chicago State. She also served as an assistant coach for Southwest Minnesota State, a school that competes in the same same conference as Wayne State. Along with her coaching experience and familiarity of the conference, Coach Hester brings her knowledge of Nebraska and the recruiting area. She is a native of Cedar Falls, Iowa, and spent four years as a standout player at Bellevue University. I've had the opportunity to have a lot of conversations with Coach Hester over the years, primarily on the recruiting trail. I wish her, the program, and all the players the best of luck as they begin their spring season. I think Coach Hester was an excellent hire for Wayne State College, and I can't wait to watch them as a fan and see the continued growth of the program. Starting this week's scores and schedule segment with a recap of the Dodge Street Derby. 
I was fortunate enough to be able to tune into the live stream of the match yesterday. I want to give a shout out to the UNL Athletics Department for providing a great live stream production and for making the game a safe environment for fans to attend in person. The Dodge Street Derby game is always anticipated in the Omaha area, and needless to say, the Maverick players were up for it and ready from the start. The Mavericks behind prolific front runner, runner Hugo Camatani took advantage of a flat Creighton squad scoring early and often en route to a comfortable 3-0 win over the Blue Jays. UNO was solid all over the pitch, especially with their center backs, Cummings and Dennis, who did a good job stifling the Creighton forwards. Kamatani added to his fantastic header goal from the UMKC game with two quality finishes against the Jays. And my two favorite players to watch on the day were Nil Ayats and Stevie Sai. Ayats is a senior from Spain, and the Mavs deployed him in a traditional number 10 role, and he was really fun to watch. He moved the ball really well, dictated play, notched two awesome assists, and also got stuck in on some tackles. Stevie Sai is an Omaha Central graduate, and he was up and down the field as a right wing back and contributed to one of the goals. I personally thought he was the best local player in the game that day. Credit to Coach Bob Warming and his coaching staff. I thought they got their tactics exactly right and their players executed. They put high pressure onto the Creighton team early and they never let off the gas. It's hard to say that Creighton got their tactics wrong because I don't re- we didn't really get to see them in the game. Their players didn't execute and came out incredibly flat from the start of the game, and you just can't do that in a rivalry game. Defensive errors put them behind early, which was always going to lead them to having to chase the game. Both teams will jump right into their conference seasons now, and I look forward to watching both compete in their respective conferences this year. Moving on to the women's side of the game, the Creighton Blue Jays had a pair of tough back-to-back games this past week. First, they traveled to Columbia, Missouri to take on the SEC opponent of the Missouri Tigers. They competed well but fell 1-0. The Jays then turned around the next day and hosted Division II side Minnesota State Mankato. Mankato is one of the best Division II sides in the country, and Creighton fielded many of their reserve players in a 3-1 defeat. Across town, the UNO Maverick women's team has had a little bit more mixed bag of results over their last two games. Last weekend, the Mavericks completed their sweep over the University of North Dakota Fighting Hawks, winning 2-0 on Sunday. The undefeated four-game start and four clean sheets is the best start for UNO in recent history. This Friday, however, their unbeaten run and shutout record was brought to an end, when they visited the NDSU Bison up in Fargo, North Dakota. In an entertaining game, the Bison prevailed 3-2 in overtime. Freshman Grace Crockett from Omaha Marion notched an assist, and Hannah Heineman from Minneapolis continued her great goal-scoring form for the Mavs with her fourth and fifth goals of the season. However, it was the NDSU Bison, with Nebraska native Aaliyah Owens in the starting lineup again, who came out on top. UMKC continued their roller coaster of results with a 1-0 win over Western Illinois on Friday after losing 5-0 in their second game versus University of South Dakota the previous weekend. It was a Nebraska connection that finally led to the breakthrough for the Ruse. Anna Jennings was the provider as Gretna graduate Sarah Karloff came off the bench in the second half to score the lone goal in the winner. A handful of Nebraskans made appearances for the South Dakota State Jackrabbits as they traveled on the road to defeat Oral Roberts 2-0. And finally, USD went on the road to Denver University and took the conference favorites all the way to overtime before falling 2-1. All eight of the teams I talked about are in action again today, Sunday, February 28th. And last but certainly not least, we traveled down the road to Lincoln for an update from the Nebraska Husker soccer program. Last Sunday, the Huskers traveled up to Minneapolis, Minnesota to take on the Golden Gophers of the University of Minnesota. Both teams went to double overtime, but they tied 0-0. This Thursday, 
the Huskers traveled again out of state to play Michigan State, where they fell 2-0. Nebraska Soccer Talk guests Gwen Lane and Reagan Robbie appeared in both matches. This Sunday, the Huskers were scheduled to travel once again, this time to Columbus, Ohio, to take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Unfortunately, this game has been postponed. I would imagine it had something to do with some COVID protocols, though I couldn't find any information on the Nebraska Athletic website. This means that the Huskers are finally returning home to take on Purdue this Thursday, March 4th at 1 o'clock. It looks like this can be listened to on the radio and followed along with live stats, and I look forward to seeing how the Huskers do because they have an, um, a homestand coming up here of three games in a row this Thursday, next Sunday, and then two Saturdays from now where they take on Purdue, Michigan, and then the Wisconsin Badgers. I look forward to sharing more about all of these teams, but also some of our Division II, Division Three, and NAI and JUCO teams as they all get started in March and April with their conference competitions. Stay tuned to Nebraska Soccer Talk podcast as we'll be sharing scores and updates from all of our local teams. Finally, before we get to the high school soccer preview, we do have a couple recruiting updates for you. This week's recruiting roundup is once again brought to you by Sports Recruiting USA. Sports Recruiting USA is the world's leading U.S. college soccer recruiting experts. For more information, visit www.sportsrecruitingusa.com. We will start off today's recruiting roundup on the boys' side. Ryan Brown, an attacker from Mount Michael in Omaha United, has committed his soccer future to NAIA side Concordia University. Brown helped lead Omaha United's U19 boys to a state cup final appearance in 2020. Concordia is the five seed in this spring's upcoming GPAC conference tournament. Sydney Heron, a forward from Omaha Gross Catholic High School and Midwest Premier Academy, has committed her soccer future to 2019 GPAC conference champions Midland University. As a sophomore, Sydney scored 11 goals and notched three assists for the Gross Catholic Cougars. She was also named to the 2019 All-ITG Girls Soccer Team and was a 2019 All-Conference Honorable Mention. She is one of 13 Class B Girls players on our Nebraska Soccer Talk Players to Watch list. Speaking of our Nebraska Soccer Talk Players to Watch lists, let's get into our high school soccer preview with Chase Hutchison. I apologize for the audio at the beginning of this interview. My dog Buddy, who listeners may be familiar with, decided to make his presence known in the background. All right, and welcome. I'm welcoming onto the show the brains and the founder behind Nebraska Soccer Talk, Chase Hutchison. Uh, Chase is here to help me at preview Nebraska high school boys and girls soccer, and we uh, we have talked about it in length on Friday with uh, the real the real football show. But we're going to have kind of a a brief preview and kind of do it on our Nebraska Soccer Talk podcast. So. Chase, thanks for coming on, and thanks for all the preview work you've been doing so far. I know that uh, we've gotten a lot of good feedback on the website. Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, you know, having last year canceled presented a lot of challenges trying to figure out all the information this this year. And But, I mean, we've had so many coaches and players and parents and just people that love soccer kind of reach out and give us a ton of needed um, tips. And so that's made it a lot easier, but I can't wait for the season to start. And so we can actually go watch these players and watch these teams. 
um, and, and continue to promote soccer. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited because, um, like you said, we missed a year. Um, we missed some talented players. Uh, and also, you know, to jump right into the preview, one thing that's going to make look different on the girls' side is Sporting Omaha no longer is competing in the DA because the DA no longer exists. Because the DA no longer exists, all those players who weren't allowed to play high school soccer are now coming back in to play high school soccer, some for their first time ever for their schools. So that's going to be exciting. Um, and uh, can't wait to see what those players bring to the team. So uh, without further ado, let's uh, jump into, we're going to start, we're going to go class B girls, class A girls, then we're going to talk about class B boys, and then we're going to talk about class A boys, and then we're going to kind of round everything off talking about um, the crown jewel of Nebraska high school soccer, which is the state tournament, uh, a little bit about that. But um, let's, uh, Chase, give us, uh, give us your top 10 or our top 10, I should say, for class B girls soccer. Yeah, so we've been putting it out there. Um, we've been promoting it all over Twitter and all over um, our social media. But so we, we, we put these up a couple weeks ago. They're our preseason. They will change because we never know what's going to happen in the season. Um, it's basically been two years since we've seen some of these players go. So we'll see. Um, but for Class B girls, number one, um, this is going to – everyone's no surprise with this one. Omaha Scut is going to be up there at the top. They're just loaded with talent. They have Division I recruits all over the place. Um, just a really quality uh, side that could easily compete in class A and they're, they're going to have a really good time there in class B. Number two, we have Omaha Mercy. Uh, they went 14 and four last time we saw them. They're always really consistent. Um, so looking forward to seeing what they can put on the field. Number three, Omaha Roncalli Catholic. Uh, they do have a division one uh, recruit, Abby Schwartz. Uh, she's going to score a lot of goals. They're going to be fun, really fun to watch. Four, Columbus SCOTUS, so finally going outside the Metro a little bit. Um, they, they always have a pretty quality team, and they have uh, quality coaches too. Number five, Omaha Duchenne Academy. Um, you're seeing a lot of private schools there with Class B right at the top, um, but those are the powers right now. Um, number six, Bennington, uh, which is, for me, probably the next big soccer hotbed. I'm really excited for the next four to five years in Bennington because their club has really put a nice program together and that's going to lift up um, the high school side seven and their school uh, and their schools growing in population too. So yes. they're getting, they're getting good numbers and they get good participation and their coach, their coach is a former Wayne state college soccer player and she's doing really good stuff out there as the coach of that team. So like, yeah, it's going to be Bennington's going to be really exciting to watch, but uh, yeah. number seven, number seven, we have Hastings. So going out a little bit, uh, more to central Nebraska, but Hastings is always a really tough team and that travel um, for a lot of teams gives them uh, a good advantage. Eight, we have Garing, probably a little bit of a surprise to a lot of people to hear that, but hey, you got to give them credit. And that's the point of Nebraska Soccer Talk. Like we are doing a lot of research. We're trying to find those teams that need promotion, that need a little bit of respect. And they've had um, really uh, good winning seasons the last couple of years. Um, they, they have a nice program. Even if people aren't familiar with it, you still have to give them some respect. So gearing up there at number eight, nine, we have Elkhorn. Um, they, they're going to have a really solid team this year. Uh, and then 10 finishing out with Blair. So that, that's our top 10 for class B girls this year. And then for me, 
the team that stands out most on on that list that's interesting to me is, is Ron Colley Catholic because they're right outside that top two. They're in the number three spot. They do have some solid players. Obviously, they have Abby Schwartz who can score goals. Um, and I just think that they're going to be, you know, they're going to be interesting to watch. And if they catch fire at the right time, they could be, they could be good. But my, like my player to watch is, is CC Barron's. Um, she's the UNO commit. Um, she plays for, you know, our preseason number one team. Um, I think that Scott's obviously really talented and I think it, it starts at the top with her. Um, so she'll be obviously a leader and a player to watch and looking forward to, seeing her play on the field this year. Uh, who are your, who's your team to kind of keep an eye on and who's your player to watch? So we already hit on my team to watch. We kind of went a little bit in depth with them. Bennington. Um, that is where the next couple of years, I think the soccer world is going to start focusing on. Uh, they're grown as a school, nice club program, good head coach, great numbers. Um, they're, they're transitioning to this upper level class B team. Um, the main reason of this year, why I like them so much, they have Mia Hurt, and she is a really good, solid player for them. Um, I think she's probably going to emerge. She's on our preseason players to watch list. I think she's probably going to emerge for the state. Those that maybe don't know the name right now, they, they are going to know um, her name by the end of the season. Um, but overall, my Class B girls player to watch is Hannah King over in Elkhorn. She's a South Dakota State commit, and we're, we're going to see a common theme in the world of Nebraska soccer. We got goal scorers all over the place. There are some, I mean, it's going to be yes, we do. fantastic <laughs> attacking. Um, and she's, she's a major part of that. And she, she's going to put a lot of um, goals in the net. And I can't wait to see what she's going to do um, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the rundown of class B girls. Um, well, again, we'll have more content for you as we, as we move through the, the, the season and always give us your feedback and your comments. Uh, we put these polls, we don't put these preseason top tens through uh, together based on any like Twitter polls or anything. We just do it off of coach and player and, and parent feedback and what they're seeing and what you're hearing. So um, always make sure you're interacting with us. Um, so let's move on to class A girls. Um, who are your top 10 uh, for class A? This for All the start right, so of this spring. Moving to class A, looking at the top 10. Number one is going to be maybe a little bit unfamiliar with people, but they're going to realize why uh, once games start. That is Lincoln East for us. They are, I mean, when we talk about with international play, you always say the phrase golden generation, just countries, they come together and they just get this perfect match. Um, three division one recruits are going to be um, on that team, including Haley Peterson, Brinley Hall. They're going to UNL great attackers um, but Lincoln East is going to be up there at number one it's going to be incredible to watch uh, two we have uh, maybe more of a mainstay Gretna uh, they are led um, by again three division one recruits that's something I guess people don't necessarily think about when it comes to Nebraska uh, we have a lot a lot of talent like upper end quality division one talent um, so you're going to hear that phrase division one recruit a lot a lot throughout these so two we have Gretna um, three Maybe not a blue blood, but they're going to have a really good season this year. The Pillion La Vista, the Monarchs, um, take our number three spot. They are, um, again, we say like talent in the hallways. Sometimes as a coach and as a program, everything just comes together and all your hard work, your years of youth development come together. And they have four Division One recruits um, on their team. And the great thing about their roster is that they have a 
like a really talented player at every level. You know, if you have if you have two really talented forwards, but no one can get them the ball and no one can consistently put possession together, what I mean, what it, it kind of negates the. Yeah, or if you can't, keep, or if you can't keep the ball out of the back of the net, your your talented yeah. forward might score three goals, but the team that's playing you might score four. Exactly, and the Monarchs are not going to have that problem. They have talent at every single level. They have kind of that um, mainstay at every single level. Four, we get into kind of the blue bloods of it. Omaha Marion um, is coming in at number four for us. They're a little bit more unknown to us. We do we have heard some really good things about the team, but um, we just need to see. We we just know that. Omaha Marion's always solid. They've been solid since I've followed Nebraska soccer, since I've been in soccer. They've been solid. It just, we just, we don't know what their roster is going to look like necessarily. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a leap of faith, I guess, with it, because you just know, like by the end of the season, we will recognize the names and they're going to have quality players. They reload. That's just what Omaha Marion does. Um, Five, Lincoln Southeast uh, is going to be up there for us. Extremely organized team. They do have a new coach this year, so we'll see how that translates. But um, she's new to the school, but she's not new to Lincoln. She was at uh, Lincoln Southwest before um, Liz Sundenberg. So she's going to come over, and I expect things to just keep rolling for them. Uh, six, uh, some people might say, why are they all the way down at six? Miller to West. So um, just a completely dominant program in the world of girls, Class A um, soccer. But they graduated a ton of their talent um and even just talking to their coach she doesn't know what they have um she she's ready for tryouts to see what kind of talent they have so um again we expect they'll reload but we just don't exactly know who's going to be in the major roles for seven elkhorn south they're moving up from class b to class a we'll see how that transition goes even though they're in class b they played a class a schedule for the most part so yeah they've been almost a class a team for the last two years (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not anything new to them, but it's just now they, you know, they have to play that Class A schedule and they're going against, and it's a loaded field. Like, they are transitioning into a Class A that is um, going to be fantastic to watch and really exciting. Eight, we got Papillion La Vista South. Um, they did lose. Now, uh, last year, we've talked about this. Last year, they were going to be my pick to probably win. Um, they And I know you had Millard West. Uh, for last year I I'm a big believer in coach Watson and his program over there um, mainly because I've seen like the inner workings of it and I've been involved with it Uh, but they had they graduated a lot of talent they which I know they're all really disappointed about but they did add some stuff add some talent from the DA program and they have a great core of four sophomores um, that I was able to watch last year that are fantastic Mm-hmm. Um, that they're going to division one programs are going to be they mm-hmm. if they haven't already they're going to be learning those names um, they also have some really good juniors and and stuff sprinkled in there um, they have a um, a girl committed to drake university yep. so like they're, they're going to be really solid nine we have lincoln southwest and 10 finally millard north which i'm really curious to see if they can get back to kind of their i mean they used to have like really high stature i guess and um they they got hit pretty hard by like DA stuff mm-hmm. and but now this year they have a couple really talented girls um so we'll see what uh what what they can deliver for us yeah and I think uh you know out of that list um my team to watch or that not team to watch what team I'm most interested in similar to how I picked Ron Colley in class b team I'm most interested in is is Millard West I mean just because the, their starting lineup is going to look almost completely different and 
they may have had the big best collection of talent over the last two years um and but that talent is mostly graduated at least from the starting lineup that they had but they i know they have some talented young players coming up and it's going to be exciting to watch and i think it's exciting for their coach too even though she doesn't know what they have i think it's exciting for her to get a new crop of young talent in and they have a good culture in that program so i have no doubt that they're going to be uh competitive if not this year in in the years to come and then my player to watch isn't really a surprise to anyone sarah weber um is my player to watch uh sarah's Sarah's a really good player, really good player. She's been a good player for the last couple of years. Um, I think she's going to be a good player in college and I'm glad that she gets to kind of finish out her, her high school, her high school time, uh, you know, and not losing out on her high school season because she's a special player and she could, she could take uh, Gretna all the way. So um, who are your, who's your team to, who's your team that to, to kind of keep an eye on and, and player to watch? Yeah, so my team to watch, we put at number three, um, Pavilion La Vista, the Monarchs. Um, they just, you know, they've been successful. I don't want to paint it as if they haven't had a good team in the past, but I mean, the collection of individuals and the um, way the team is made up this year, it's, it's really exciting. Uh, their coach uh, is super ready to go um, and to put everything on the field. So Pavilion La Vista, I think, could – and it's going to be heavy competition. In a normal year, like you get four Division One recruits, you're going to be number one. You're going to be the front runner. But there's just so much talent in Class A that we put them at number three. But like one through four or five or even six, you could argue like everyone has a legitimate chance this year. And it's going to be like a brawl to see who's going to end up with a trophy at the end of the year. But Philly La Vista, the Monarchs, they're my team to watch. I'm going to go to a couple of games. I just, I, I can't wait to see like how the team works together. Um, and then across town, that's where my player to watch is found, Allie Napora. She is with the Titans of Pilling the Vista South. Uh, she is making a reappearance to the high school stage. She was one of those DA girls that really had not played ball for high school. Um, and she's coming in and coach Watson gets to plug her into the lineup right away as a senior. And I know he's really excited about her. She's extremely talented. Yeah. She can um, play. She's a ball. Yeah. Yep. And so uh, that's, you know, we can get into the details of DA maybe some other time, but like, it's just, I know high school coaches, at least they're, they're happy not to have to recruit their own players that walk the hall. It's hard enough to like build a program, but then you, you finally get these really, really talented players and they're not with you. Uh, well, now they don't have that problem, so I'm eager to see what uh, Ali Napora brings to the field this season. Yeah, it's going to be fun, and, and the you know, Class A girls is always competitive, and I just think it's going to be even more competitive at Class A and Class B girls, and in the boys' side because these players and coaches are going to be itching to play again, and you know, itching to compete and itching to to prove themselves out on the field, so and prove themselves in front of fans again for mm -hmm. the first, you know for first time because it sounds like we're going to be able to have some sort of fans at these games um moving into the boys side of things we got class b boys up next uh why don't you run us down the list of class b boys teams and then we'll kind of talk about our teams to watch and and players to watch yeah so class b boys this is going to be at least for me like this class uh, these teams they're they're loaded and they're the great thing about them is they play a certain style of soccer that's incredibly fun to watch. Like if you are a soccer supporter, 
these teams in class B for the most part are going to play like the beautiful game. They, they're going to move the ball. They're going to be, they're going to have some flair, um, that kind of stuff. It, it's going to be a really fun group to watch up top. Number one, no one's going to be surprised about this. We've got Omaha Scut. They're number one for the girls and number one for the boys. Um, Omaha Scut, the boys, they return a great solid group of players. John Myers is going to be good. Um, he's in there. Uh, and, and you just know that they're going to find other pieces to put around them. Um, we did we did just publish our preseason preview of Omaha Scut. So if that's a team you're interested in, we got um, on NebraskaSoccerTalk.com. We have a whole article on them um, going into in depth about this team and every other team. We publish it about every Class A, every Class B team. Uh, number two, we have South Sioux City, um, mainly because I, I watched what they had in their club season. Um, their high school age uh, club players, they they were, even though I was on the opposite sideline and didn't want them uh, to really succeed in those games, um, they were incredible to watch. Uh, they, I found myself a lot just like sitting back and wow, this is a really great style that they play. And what's fun is like they're entertainers on the field too. Um, they, they have that certain flair, that certain swagger that is, is, it's fun to um, be a part of. So South Sioux City, they're always competitive. Even, you know, I heard they're only maybe one person off for being in class A and they just fit under that line. <laughs> so now they're in class B this year. Um, Lexington is coming in at number three. Um, Central Nebraska, that's what they're representing uh, out there outside the Metro a little bit. Um, they have two really solid players that we'll cover here in a minute. Um, but they're always a tough team, and their atmosphere out at Lexington is one of my favorite to play at. Um, the fans get into it, and, like, you know, it's a small town, no doubt, but they, the fans buy into soccer, and it's a soccer community, and I love that about them. Um, for Crete, Coach Spence has a really good team uh, coming back, and he's built that program the right way. They're hard workers. Um, so Crete's there at number four, five, Omaha Gross Catholic. Six Columbus Scotus. Um, they have uh, they've had an exceptional run of coaches. Um, just and, and and that continuing that um, those that program's in good hands and, and they always play the right way. Even though uh, they're you know out in Columbus and they're a private school out in Columbus, they they always find players um, to play their style and it's it's really fun to watch. Seven uh, we got Blair who we'll cover here and just a little bit more in depth, but they, I mean, this, I think this is Blair's year. If they're going to make a little bit of run, it's unfortunate, I guess, for them that they're coming into a, a season where there's Omaha Scott, Lexington, South Sioux, and they're loaded as well. Cause if they weren't like, I think Blair would potentially um, kind of be that team to watch for everyone. Eight, we have Holdridge, um, nine Norris and 10 Omaha Roncalli. All right. Yeah. yeah. Out our 10. And so for me, you kind of brought them up. I mean, you talked about them a little bit, but my, my team that I'm kind of excited and I want to follow, and I hope I get a chance to see play this year at some point um, is Lexington. Um, you kind of introduced me more to Lexington because I'm not as familiar with the boys side. So in talking to you, it's, you're like, yeah, that's a great place to go and play. They, they love soccer out there and they have some talented players. So, so my, uh, my team to watch is, is Lexington and one of their players to watch for me is, uh, is Alex Cruz, a uh, dynamic player, excited to watch him play and, 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 uh, and do well up there. So how about you? Yeah. So on my end, um, 
I said we talked about them in a second. Number seven, Blair. They this is where they have a really good collection of players. And honestly, um, this our poll was put out just a you know a couple of weeks ago. And since that time, I've done I've I found out more about Blair. And honestly, they probably could be ranked a little bit higher than seven. We'll keep them there. We'll stick to our guns on it. Um, but uh, I could see them very easily moving up quickly. They have Caden Anderson, who's an exceptional player. He's going to kind of hold down the field for them. Um, he's a known commodity uh, to the state, but they. In the last couple of recent weeks, I've um, Elias Cortez. He is a striker with a right foot um, that strikes fear into goalies. I mean, this guy has a rocket for a leg, um, and he's like he just has that mentality. I've seen him play a couple of times. He just has that certain something that coaches can't bring to players. They can't teach. He has that nose for the goal, and he knows how to put his body in position for so for a high school player. Um, he's a, he's a natural goal goal scorer, um, so I, I'm really high on Blair um, this year. And for my player, we're going to go out to Lexington again. Uh, Junior Casales, uh, he is um, extremely dedicated to the sport of soccer. He's one of those players that's from Lexington, but I mean, he travels all the way to Omaha to play club. Like that's not a short drive, and that's a huge investment um, in his game and his future. Uh, but he he's going to be you know they're out in Lexington, but the the state will be introduced to those two names um, that we talked about from from Lexington. Um, so I'm extremely excited to see what he can do this year for him. That could be fun. That could be fun. So uh, moving into our last class and with the and our last division is the Class A boys, and we'll kind of round out that talk after that. But who's your list for Class A boys? So at the uh, beginning of those Class A boys, it's going to be known commodities. Everyone probably has the same. It's going to be one for me is Creighton Prep. You might switch them back and forth, but one for us would be Creighton Prep. Two, um, we have Omaha South, who they just keep getting re- reloaded with talent. Um, the rich get richer. Um, they get they they got a couple of transfers that came in, and that adds to their already like developed players. And so and they play an ex- an exciting. Um, style of soccer and their atmosphere at those games is incredible as well uh three we have gretna now gretna is not um with their upper level players their their experienced players um they're solid right and like they i don't i i haven't been able to find like anyone going division one anything like that but when the whole team is exceptionally experienced and they know their role and they're disciplined um and you can have those moments that are special I believe in Gretna and I believe in the freshman and sophomore classes that are coming up for them. And I think they'll be able to plug a few of those players in and have a really good season. Um, number four, we got Lincoln Southwest. Um, they just, I mean, we'll talk about their goalie here in a second, but uh, they are um, even on the field. If they can find some attackers, they are, they're going to make a run of things. Um, and that's a team that I look forward. They just, they're an established program year after year. They're good and they're pumping out good talent on the boys side. Number five, uh, Papio La Vista South. Um, they had there again last year. They got really hurt by cancellations. They had a, I mean, they had an exceptionally talented team, and they had a lot of depth too. But I, I really think that they, um, they built on that depth, and yeah, they have to replace a few players. But that program seems to be going in the right direction, um, to where they're going to be able to compete kind of year in and year out, where they, they might turn into that blue blood a little bit where we're used to them. Uh, number six, uh, Papillion La Vista, so the Monarchs. So we got both the Papillion La Vista teams right next to each other. Number seven, we have Carney. 
Coach Scott out there, he's the biggest reason why they're on that list. We sent out forms to all the coaches and athletic directors asking different questions, just trying to get familiar with the state because there, there's not a lot of connection um, from program to program. But one of the questions on there was, what coach um, do you like most respect or what are your top three coaches in the state? And I'm not kidding. Like every single form that we got back had his name on it. Like people recognize his coaching talent. And Carney's going to play a different style than like the Metro and Lincoln teams, but it's not bad. Like they, they make the most of what they have and it's fun to watch in its own. Like it, it takes a different kind of appreciation, but it's still like a very valid way of playing soccer. So um, Carney's going to be good this year. Eight, their rival Grand Island has a couple of really special players. I think um, Javier Bade um, is going to um reintroduce himself to the state um, when it comes to soccer very talented player so they're number eight number nine we have Lincoln East and number 10 we finish out with maybe a, a surprise to most people but from what I've talked to with people in the know they're they they're in agreement with this number 10 we have Omaha Bryans so another OPS program that maybe is on the rise so I guess I, I mean I said it on the real football show on Friday I'm a big Omaha South fan, but my team I'm most intrigued by this year is Lincoln Southwest because I think they have, they, they kind of have a senior class that is like some seniors and juniors that are coming together and like this, they're, they're pretty confident that this could be the year. Um, and I think that that's, you know, that that it could be for them. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they can, if they can pull it off. Um, and then my player to watch, I mean, I, I, I went with the easy one with class A girls and I'm going to go with the easy one for class A boys. I'm picking Jack Red, great university commit, um, you know, really, really talented player. Obviously, you, you, it's hard to not uh, be excited about him and, and as a player to watch uh, going forward for this season. So um, who's your team? Who's your interesting team? And then who's your player to watch? So for my interesting team, where it's going to uh, be the one that finished up the top 10, it's going to be Omaha Bryant for me. It's just, it's not every day or every season that we have um, another OPS school that can challenge a little bit and can get in there. And Omaha Bryant, um, again, we send out forms, we try to collect information. And I reached out to a couple of people that I trust in Nebraska soccer. And like, that was one of the surprising teams that um, came back and I said, oh, I need to do more research about them because there was more than a few people say, hey, Omaha Bryant is going to be solid this year. They, they got some talent now. They did lose their probably their stud, Ismail Hassan, um, was with them a couple of years ago. He has since transferred to Omaha South. We can get into the open districts and that kind of stuff maybe another time, and that's just a casualty of maybe that system. The South just got richer, but Omaha Bryant also lost um, maybe their cornerstone. But transfers work both ways. And they have a couple international transfers that came in that are apparently supposed to be really solid. So I'm interested in seeing that, you know, anytime it's an international player, they always get a bit of the leeway um, and everyone gets excited when you start talking about kids from outside the United States coming and playing mm -hmm. in the American game. Um, we'll see if that translates uh, and, and if they're for real, but I, I'm a believer in Omaha Brian. I, I think they're under the radar, but people might be surprised. And for my player, I want the easy route as well. Um, Nolan Fieldberth, he is uh, Lincoln Southwest. 
he is the racer in goal for them. He, I mean, there are a few things that coaches really love more than a goalie that can hold it down and just erase all the mistakes that happen on the field. That's what he does. He's committed to um, Northern Illinois. He, that doesn't happen by chance that a Division One program comes to Nebraska and gets a kid. Like, you have, like, you have to be for real. Um, and he is, and I look forward to seeing his progression and goal and how his team does this season. Yeah, and we're just excited in general. Um, you know, please be sure to interact with us. We the more you interact with us, the more content we can put out. We want to do, we want to do goals. I know we have a lot of programs that have huddles, so send us your goals that you want, that you want uh, put out there. You know, send us. We're gonna, we're gonna try and do players of the week, teams of the week, teams of the month, stuff like that. So please send us that stuff. And then when the state tournament rolls around, we're going to be really active, probably putting out a ton of content every single day, both on the podcast, on Twitter, and on the website um, to make sure that we get things rolling that way. Um, the state tournament, Nebraska state tournament is one of my favorite state tournaments I've been to. Um, as a college coach, I had the opportunity to recruit at seven or eight different high school soccer tournaments and uh, Nebraska does it right. Nebraska does it be the best. I think Morrison Stadium's a great venue. The fans show up. The fans stay for other games, which is really cool. Um, and then some schools have just outstanding support. I mean, um, if you know, hopefully we're in a better spot with COVID because a Creighton Prep South Omaha State Championship game has to be on a Nebraska sports fans bucket list for, for things to go to. I just, I mean, like whether you're a Absolutely. huge soccer fan or not, like you got to go to that game because mm -hmm. it, the atmosphere is great. The competition on the field is amazing. Um, yeah. It's just like, that's the game. That's a bucket list game for Nebraska sports fans. Like I don't, you know, I know that sounds weird, but that's, that's for me. That's what makes the state tournament great. So I'm excited for this season and I'm excited to have the state tournament back again this year. Yeah. And uh, the state tournament for soccer, I mean, that's one of the major reasons why we want to start this. I mean, you see the support there. There's always felt like that void that has always been there where Nebraska soccer isn't covered as much. Um, and for a lot of people, they say, well, that's because there's not support there. People won't listen. People won't read about the stuff. Go to the state championship games. Go go to Morrison Stadium at the end of the year, and you will see the support. You will see the amount of passion that we have from many different schools, not just one or two, but, like, it's all around the state, and soccer in our country and in our state is just growing. So that's why we started this. I believe in it. Um, and, like, there are a few things that I'd rather do than go to Morrison Stadium and state like state championships. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, fun. it's just one it's of those, fun. It's one of those iconic venues that, as a player, having played on that field, it's you still think about it, even yep. at, at all at all moments of the day. That stadium, whether you're playing a morning game um, with like maybe a little fog or in that stadium, a little mist, like it's just stepping on that field and then at night when the sun starts going down you start seeing the skyline a little bit and, yep. and then when the lights are on when it's dark I mean it, it's just one of those things that gives you chills and um, I, I can't wait to finally be back and that was one thing that I really missed last year but yeah the state tournament always got to be on the bucket list I, I think we're gonna have some really incredible matchups this year I think there's great depth in every single division um, and there's some really fun teams, but yeah, as we go through this, like you said, I just want to reiterate it. Like 
we want people to get involved. And if that means sharing, liking, if that's what you can do, we appreciate it so much. We, we've had so many interactions, email and on Twitter and through our Instagram. It's, it's been more than I probably could have ever expected. Like when we started talking about this and put stuff together, like, you know, if we get five, six, seven, ten people or so like that want to interact with us and that appreciate it, we would have been good. Um, but I think our, you know, I think our thesis was right. I think there's this crowd there in Nebraska that wants Nebraska soccer. Um, but, you know, we do need help. And we, we do. Uh, everyone that's involved in the Nebraska soccer talk, this is not our job. This is our what we do at night and, what, and on the weekend. And we, we all have day jobs. And so we really need people from all around the state that love soccer, that know soccer, to keep us updated, to get involved with us, just so we can have eyes and ears everywhere. And that means, you know, for teams, tagging us. Like Nebraska underscore talk on Twitter, tag us, message us, email us, all those kinds of things. Just get us as much information. We're going to try to cover as much as possible, but we – it'll be so much better if we can get people from all around the state to contribute to this. Yep. And that's what we want. We want the soccer community to come together. You see the, you see the high school football community, you see the high school basketball community. They're all closely, they're all pretty closely knit, right. And it's connected and everyone knows everyone. The soccer community, I want to get like that. And I, I want to have that close connection um, and be able to have a lot of communication with people so we can help players. We can help coaches and we can help the game get promoted because Nebraska soccer is a thing that is worth watching and worth promoting. And that's why we're here, but we, we, we need everyone to contribute to that. Yep. Yep. And we need that, you know, you can contribute. And the other thing you can do is if you, if you can't contribute, but you like our content, you can support us financially, even mm -hmm. if it's 99 cents a month, we appreciate it. Um, and the other thing you can do is, is share. If you're a parent listening to this, share with the parents uh, in your club and high school programs. If you're a player listening to this, share it with your teammates. If you're a coach listening to this, share it with your other coaches. Um, that's how we build this community. That's how we build connection. Uh, that's how we build excitement. Um, so we're going to keep doing this stuff for all of you. Chase, thanks for coming on today. Thank you for putting all the work into the website and the previews and stuff. Um, it makes my job just doing the podcast easier. Um, and I look forward to where this grows here as we roll to Morrison, because the road to Morrison is for all the high school teams, but it all, it's also for Nebraska soccer talk. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, absolutely. It's been awesome. Um, yeah. And if you want more in-depth coverage of any of these teams we talked about today, we do have almost all the previews put out for these teams. We go in-depth um, about each team to go out to put together, but it is more than worth it. Um, so you can go read about all these teams on NebraskaSoccerTalk.com. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's Nebraska Soccer Talk podcast. We are going to have a lot more content coming your way over the next couple of weeks and the next couple of months. The more you support, listen, and share, the more content we are able to create. Both Chase and I have really enjoyed the start of this, and we just know that it is going to grow into something great for the soccer community and the state of Nebraska. We want to thank all of our current listeners and our future listeners for tuning in. We will see you all next week.